0: as old as time True as it can be
1: everybody, to Fear and Loathing in Cinema Podcast. It is July 18th, and Oppenheimer and Barbie are on all of our minds. Oh, my goodness. We have so much to talk about today with a movie that came out February 7th of 1997. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the two hosts with the most, the two beasts to my beautician, Preston Barta and Dan Moran, back with the three amigos today. Last week, we were armageddon it. This week, we're Beauty and the beautician in it. Oh my goodness, Preston, how are you? (sighs) my (laughs) And Dan, how are you?
0: Guys, last week, I didn't want to miss a thing, but unfortunately I did. And I'm happy to be returning to you to talk the sandwich-making movie of all time with Fran Drescher and Timothy Dalton. I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah, eat
1: your heart out, John Favreau. (laughs) This is the best sandwich-making movie of all time. (laughs) So good. Of course, we're talking about the 1997 film The Beautician and the Beast, starring Fran Drescher, the T-Dalt himself, Timothy Dalton, Lisa Jacob, Ian McNeese, and Patrick Malahide. And, uh, you know... There's also somebody in the in the movie, Heather DeLoach, who was the uh, Bumblebee girl in the Blind Melon video, No Rain.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. She was Masha, uh, one of the daughters here. This movie, okay. So this movie came out in February of 1997. I was 15 or 16 years old. I do remember seeing this because I was a big Fran Drescher fan. Uh, <laughs> I really love The Nanny and... I really love Beauty and the Beast. And so Beautician and the Beast struck my eye and I went into it. And I remember even at 56, like that was not bad. I, I like it. I like what they're doing. Um, and then lo and behold, everybody hated it. I don't know why, but I liked it. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. You have you seen this movie? Have you not seen this movie?
0: In fact, I have seen this movie as of last night i had never seen this movie before honestly had never heard of this movie before you guys started texting it to me so i came in eyes wide open if you will no idea obviously i had an idea of what it was about it's called munition and the beast little play on words there but i had no idea it was actually about like a um quasi russian fake country dictator um (laughs) I, I didn't know about Union busting about uh, rebellion and fair elections in Eastern European countries I had no idea about any of that um and yeah this is a very 1997 rom-com premise and it it was uh it made me laugh more than it should have I don't know if it made me laugh for the right reasons but I definitely did not hate my experience at all and it I was glad I did it
1: Oh, okay, good, good. Because this movie on Rotten Tomatoes has an eighteen percent rating, and it does not deserve an eighteen percent rating no, at all. It
0: should be around thirty. I <laughs> <30. laughs> no, we're going to bring that up.
1: Points. We're going to bump that points. up, Preston. So if I was fifteen or sixteen, you were five or six, so you probably didn't see this in the theater, right?
2: I was seven, and uh, no, I did not see it in the theater.
1: When did you first see this?
2: Um, I feel like my mom saw it at one point, I think more than anything, because there was a couple of moments watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this scene. But more than anything, I remember seeing the VHS cover in the video store. I think that poster with her flaunting out her hand like that with Timothy Dalton in the back being real pissed off looking in front of the stairwell is a pretty memorable image at the video store for me.
1: Okay. All right. So. Dan, did you have any expectations going into this? Did you think that this was going to be one of our loathing segments? Or did you, or what would you think?
0: Yeah, based on the poster, like when I Googled this movie, because I'd never heard of it, and you see Fran Drescher on a, like a staircase doing a pose, and uh, Timothy Dalton, it's called Beautician and the Beast. I thought this was going to be one old sticky pile of shit. Um... Because you know, that's what we do here. And I saw it was 18%. The poster looked terrible. It's starring Fran Drescher, who I know you love Brian, but let's face it, hasn't hasn't exactly been a hit maker in the in the film world. Uh, I know she's a really big deal with the actors and everything, and that's incredible, but she's not exactly um a plus list. So I was like, oh. And like I said, I watched it and it is so 90s that it's like. Oh, some four. I, I, we're gonna get into the plot, but just how it all comes together, where they assume she's a science teacher because she like rescued animals or something coming out of a fire, is very just generic. It was like watching the opening to um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, you know the, the song of how, how this is how it's all going to come together. I felt like that's what the first like twenty minutes of the movie was like. Here's a woman who's saving some animals, and now she's in the Eastern Bloc. <laughs> well, was I mar- was. It was.
1: It's interesting because, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in so long. I think I owned it first on DVD like long ago. And then I hadn't seen it since it first came out. In the, you know, kind of around when it came out uh, <laughs> in that opening scene when she's in the beauty school and saving those animals from the freak fire, which is very silly and uh, slapsticky. Like, my mind was like, oh, my God, James Gunn watched this movie and was like, we got to have the same scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with Rocket saving all the animals. Or even so much as like Pee-wee's big adventure, saving the snakes and stuff like that. And I mean, I feel like they wrote that whole scene. So the one joke in Beautician and the Beast was to put the snake in her snakeskin purse. Uh I I like that. I don't know. Preston, did you get that feeling at all (laughs) that James Gunn watched Beautician the Beast? was like, this is the story to catapult our Guardians movie.
2: Or he got it from Jay and Silent Bob.
1: (laughs) That's true as well. Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob.
0: But don't forget that he did just cast Fran Drescher as Superman's mom.
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. Let's get that
0: that rumor going. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that
0: is true y'all Martha Kent.
1: yes yes uh fran dresser so this movie like you said like we said just a little bit ago fran dresser was the mo one of the most popular actresses of that time and she had a hit tv show she was she was Which, everywhere. i curious
2: mean, how she got that show. Uh, my wife, my wife loves the nanny. She knows that she's watching it now. She's been watching it for a little bit, and we were just discussing, like looking over her filmography and like how did she get the nanny? Uh, like she's cre- like she created it and everything. And this very much feels like an extension of the nanny in in many aspects. So it's just it's- amazing to me, like how. She got that from seemingly nothing, just maybe, just so, I guess, really good at what she does.
1: No, she is, and people like her, and she created that character of the nanny, and I was reading, you know, for this movie, she wanted to get into movies after her show, The Nanny, and she didn't want to shock jolt her audience by playing a completely different character which is so not the norm today like you have your robert pattison's and your daniel radcliffe's who are known for family friendly young adult and then they go off and do something way wacky and crazy but fran dresser wanted to keep like bridge her tv persona to her movie persona in a way where it's kind of seemed like the same character uh, and I think it worked here because it's just like, you know, it's like the odd couple. It's very different walks of life coming together and trying to make you better. Um, and I like that about this. And for it being 90s, like Dan said, it is like some nostalgia. But those those 90s rom-coms are so good. And even though they might be formulaic, Fran Dresser and Timothy Dalton are so good in it.
0: Yep. Brian. Break it down. Give us like a six sentence. What the hell this movie is about? Because it is such a 90s. It's so 90s how it happens. It's it's more obnoxious than like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or any of those like random rom-com plots. This one is so funny.
1: Well, so, it, you know, it's Fran Dresser is a stereotypical New York beauty teacher who somehow gets recognized by this Eastern European dictator who wants her to come teach um, his kids uh, about science and stuff like that. And so she accepts the job because it pays a lot of money. And this powerful president in Eastern Europe and his kids, he's like the dictator. He's Putin from Russia, basically. Uh, that's kind of what he is and then with her charm and American ways changes him to see like unions are good and treating people fairly are great and so like the beauty and the beast the Disney movie bell changes the beast to be a happy-go-lucky person. And this happy-go, or this this beast was played by Timothy Dalton, James Bond himself, who shaves his mustache and becomes a pleasant tea-drinking, sandwich-eating man.
0: <laughs> Just remind you, this guy is, this, it's not as serious as this, but he is essentially, this is like if we sent over a New York beautician that Putin thought was hot, and... <laughs> all of a sudden putin's all like you know what some free elections let's let's let these people have some unions i'm gonna stop invading places like this guy was the nicest dictator in the world was essentially what he was and it's so funny to me because that mustache is really what makes him evil yeah that was it that's what makes him so bad the minute he shaved it i was like damn timothy dalton's a good looking dude i get it he's super nice now
1: He is. He is. And if you think about it, maybe T. Dalt without his mustache is, you know, the face of movies. But when he has his mustache, he's the he's the heel. He's the villain. Because like, think of um, Hot Fuzz. He has the mustache in
0: that. (laughs) Also, also, this may this may be crass or whatnot, because I've only really been experienced with Fran Drescher as the nanny who I understand is supposed to be somewhat of an off-putting character. But she is smoking hot in this movie. She she is so beautiful. Like, she she's so been, hot. She could have been. I know. Listen, she was super successful with the nanny and all that, and all the stuff she's doing now with the the strike and whatnot. Clearly, she has the respect. But like, how she got the nanny, good for her. But at the same time, how was she not a leading lady in rom coms? Because she is gorgeous in this movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. She was. I mean, I guess everybody wanted more of Julia Roberts, and maybe. With the nanny and her voice, like her voice was
2: the mark.
1: selling nasally. mark. The what? Yeah.
2: Like a nasally, like yeah. Right. yeah.
1: So, Pre- Preston, what? Talk to me about your viewing this again, and if you're viewing, the, did you view this with, um, with Haley? I did. Yeah. And well, did y'all have a good time?
2: Um, I'm not gonna lie. So the first uh until the funniest moment in the movie to me which is the sandwich making sequence that she goes out late at night and uh, timothy dalton's character goes in there with her um i was stone-faced i didn't i had nothing just no expression i was just just watching this like this i didn't crack a smile nothing um, I I was like, what the fuck is wrong with Brian texting us saying I have I, I haven't seen this in a while. Wow, I was like, what is the wow in this? And then that moment happens, and I just like I was my wife was like laying on me, and uh, so the moment that made me laugh to paint the scene, friendresser's character is down in the kitchen and she's trying to make a late night snack and then timothy dalton's character walks by and notices her and comes in and is just like hey what are you doing up and that sort of thing is like um you know would you like to have a snack with me and so she prepares a sandwich and then she shows a can of tuna and she's like do you know if this is still good yada 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 and then uh timothy dalton's like oh, like you don't have to do this like I'm, i'll call somebody he's like
0: <sighs>
2: he's like yelling or something and then it was just like so unexpected and then from that moment on i think it picked up some momentum especially timothy dalton's character because i felt like that was the moment that the movie finally found its footing and knew what kind of comedy it had there and f- it still had a lot of stupid moments leading up to it. Like I like this more than my wife did, which is really saying something. Cause I throughout it, I was like, She's probably digging this. She likes all those romance novels and romance films and things like that. And it's got a friend dresser in it. So yeah, come on. And I ended up liking it more. She was like, I would give that movie two stars. And I was like, Really? I was like, <laughs> I'm surprised. um, Because I was laughing mostly at a lot of the stuff that Timothy Dalton was doing. I felt like his, like, gruff, like, manly stuff that he was doing was really funny to me. And then when you think about it in retrospect of, like, him, like, holding meetings or calling somebody uh, to show his toughness by doing, like, sword play and things like that was, like really awesome flexes, like masculine flexes by his character that are, that are funny. And then like, you know, them going around and um, meeting the townspeople and saying like, you can have a relationship with these people. You can talk to them, you can say hello. And so a lot of that stuff, it it just like, that, that was the good stuff. Um, But yeah, like Dan was saying, like it's, I just don't think in the end, I just don't think it's anything that memorable or special um i i wish it was just polished some more or it found that comedy earlier and it remained consistent then i think it would really be something really cool because we had a lot of stuff in the 90s that were finding unique ways to put spins on tales that came out a long time ago such such as you know 10 things i hate about you doing you know shakespeare or um Jane Austen and things like that Uh, we had like clueless so like all that stuff's fun and I just don't think you can put this with those movies I think there's a timelessness to something like 10 things I hate about you and clueless and there are moments in it where that kind of are very 90s but like Dan said like this just fits in the 90s box of romance that were just serviceable at the time made you laugh got you through it but I I mean, there's a reason why Dan hadn't really heard of it before. And this movie had not been on my mind since uh, until you brought it up. And then, like, my only connection with this is, and I made this joke to Brian earlier, is the, the reference that they have in 40 Old Virgin with Paul Rudd saying, like, I'd rather listen to Fran Dresser for... 40 hours than, uh, and whatever he says, like, I'd rather watch beautician and the beast. <laughs> so that, that, that was my only uh, knowledge of it other outside of like remembering the VHS cover. So in all Brian, I think it's okay. Um, it has some charm to it. It just, it is not that consistent, but there are some pretty good laughs in it. And I think Timothy Dalton's great. And I do think Fran Dresser is a, a gorgeous woman. And uh, it, it, all the stuff that you're talking about with the the strike and everything is just like kind of crazy that uh, that that appeared in there. So it was just kind of odd oh, yeah. that came yeah. up. But
1: yeah, it's a, it's a sweet movie, and Preston, talk to the hand. <laughs> yeah. Having having Timothy Dalton do that in such a way that he was like a kid in a candy store to deliver that line was pure genius. Because, like, I love how this movie sets up like maybe the first 30 minutes of Timothy Dalton being like pu like Putin, like this gruff, mean son of a gun who doesn't care about his kids, who's not above striking his kids. Um, but then Fran Dresser's character comes and like shows him the world is not all meanness. And he is so taken to it. He's so happy to be a happy person and he plays it so well. And I think that's what I love so much about it to see that character transformation.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. I don't have anything to add there. It, it, it works. And I think Dalton was great I mean I didn't even hate his accent a lot of times it's like a comedic yeah. accent um that would be almost too over the top but he honestly made it believable I I was laughing because my wife walked in and out and I told her that I was watching like a prequel to Borat because it's about a must a mustached man who is from a foreign country who comes to America and is looking and, and uh kind of the reverse of that but it was uh it's good and and there's parts of it that are funny, but like Preston said, I don't know. I don't know if I can be like, "Hey guys, you got two hours this week. Let me tell you what you should be checking out." That's that's my thing. Like, I, watch coming I to
2: America instead. You know? Yeah, I think I don't know what. The, <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't know how to sell it beyond being like, "This is a very specific '90s rom-com that yeah. is a ridiculous." plot but it has a few charming moments and they take a while to get there. But, but I,
2: don't get there, I don't know I don't know if it took a while to get there. Did, I don't know. Brian.
0: It huh? did.
2: It did Brian, it did.
1: <laughs> I was enjoying it. I love Drescher over here. Right? I'm a big Fred Drescher fan. I I don't know why. I am uh I mean some of those scenes like even her comedy with the chicken but like when she has to cut the chicken and she's so surprised that she has to kill the chicken for dinner and she doesn't but like her trying to talk the chicken into dying for its country it's just so good it's like that's i i love that am i getting soft in my old age i don't know
2: maybe i prefer the chicken sequence in son in law where he gets <laughs> <laughs> trapped in the cage and then he starts Ar-! <laughs> Give the chicken a heart attack, like that. Yeah, that, see, that
1: interesting. You you pick Pauly Shore because Polly Shore's Friends, Dresser, Some people would say that they're both um, annoying, <laughs> which yes. I don't think so about either of them.
2: No, no. I think yeah, they're uh, acquired tastes perhaps. But I I enjoy them. Um, but Dan brought up something that made me think about because uh, he was commenting on the the accents. And there's there's a few moments of meta to this film where she's talking about uh, West Side Story and West Side Story being a you know retelling of Romeo and Juliet and so in in a way you know we we commented on the Beauty and the Beast and the Beautician and the Beast uh, connections here obviously. And so, just kind of looking at those together, like, oh, it's kind of doing like a little soft commentary on the fact that this movie is, you know, a remake or a restructuring and modern retelling of it. And then there's even uh, her comment on Natalie Wood's funny accent. And then you got characters in this movie who, um, you know, you've seen something like, like I, the, the, one, the oldest boy that's in it is kind of funny like he's he wants to be an artist and then he like paints friend dresser by the very end nude <laughs> near, near nude uh kind of like todd from wedding crashers yeah and, um it was that that was funny but i recognized that guy uh from being in uh what was that John- Jonathan Taylor Thomas All Be Home for Christmas movie? Oh um, yes. W- yes. Which I imagine we're probably gonna do around Christmas. <laughs> we actually um, did that already. Did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah did. I remember that. Yeah, you
0: yeah.
2: You were there, yeah. <laughs> See, we've been doing this for a while and we 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 uh uh yeah, anyway. So um I just found found that funny that the movie kind of had some soft commentary, uh or ness to it that was uh a a little little more than what's there on the surface which is
1: which was good they were poking fun they even like got uh they made fun of fran dresser's laugh and accent with timothy Dalton talking about it i love that yeah
2: but what's better is in the nanny when they're making fun of her laugh and accent because they uh the guy that he's interested that she's interested in or dates a woman that looks exactly like her and sounds just like her laughs just like her and then everybody's like completely oblivious to that these people look the exact same and they sound the exact same um so there's better moments in the nanny tv show that so it just especially if you are familiar with the nanny show and you watch it You'll be like, "Ah, well, they did that better here, but it's still kind of harmless here. So that's that's how I felt with a lot of the comedy bits.
1: All right. Uh, Another sequence that I really loved that I forgot about um, was toward like one of the last the last scene in the movie when Fran Dresser's character comes back home um, and she's at her parents' house and it's like her birthday and her parents have surprised her with just people coming over. And it's like <laughs> the funniest, like it's all like in my my life. So I'm Jewish and all these stereotypical Jewish people start coming in the door. And like one of them is like, did you get any wooden shoes? <laughs> and I was like, I've had these conversations in my life. In real time and it, it, it killed me and I, what I love about this is her dad in the movie who's a great actor he's been in so many good things he was so on top of it uh, as a character like oh my god she needs to get out of this house you know like here's money Go go get some ice like he was so great in this role I don't know I loved her parents and I wish they played a bigger part yeah, Michael Lerner, uh, who was in Godzilla. He yes he he was he was Roger hey, Ebert's right. character in Godzilla. He sure was, uh, and he was also in the uh, movie Safe Men that we did a blind watch for on No BS. But the so so we got to talk about Ken Kwapis, the director of this movie Beautician and the Beast. So Ken Kwapis had an interesting career. Um, he started out as the director of the Sesame Street movie, Follow That Bird, mm-hmm. <laughs> about following Big Bird on an adventure. He then went into do Dunstan Checks In, Hello. followed by Beautician and the Beast. Then he did Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And then he's just not that into you. But more importantly, his TV resume mm-hmm. uh, is crazy. It's like Freaks and Geeks, Larry Sanders show. He was... uh a showrunner for the office and directed a bunch of episodes of that. He directed the Galentine's day episode of parks and rec. He, uh, directed the Santa Clarita diet and space force. This dude is on top. I think, I think, and I think part of that energy and comedy has transferred over from beautician and the beast. And I would like him to give another go at the rom-com genre
0: yeah and Did you i feel like everything you just named is better than this movie <laughs> <laughs> i know it's, listen he sounds like he had a successful career but like being a showrunner for the office directing some great television shows getting to work with you said the sesame street movie like that's yeah. cool um santa clarita diet was completely underrated on netflix like i don't know it sounds like he's had a pretty awesome career and this movie that we are lifting up as we do may be this not a stain but maybe the thing that he doesn't talk about very much <laughs> i don't like know else. i
1: think he would because when i was reading about it i think people re- like the act like timothy dalton really loved being in this movie fran drescher still loves this movie i i think people are pretty protective of it okay i think it's better than a lot of the rom-coms that are out there for sure
0: hundred i mean Hundred percent. I I absolutely agree with you on that one. There is just some pure garbage out in the world. Wrong right. Comment. So, it what do y'all it, think it about? The better end- than Dustin checks in though. It's true. <laughs> checks in. Is, I like Dustin's check in. I mean,
1: if this movie had a monkey, we would have reached and over Rupert Everett. Radical.
2: Rupert Everett's best role.
1: <laughs> it's true. So, what do y'all think about the ending to Beautitian and the Beast? Because it ends. Like we get the happy ending, but in a movie like today, we would have like a stinger or like another scene of them actually living with the entire family and stuff.
0: You like mean that. you mean how they yada yada over his entire despot um dictatorship that he just shows up with a shaved mustache on the porch and is like, Hey babe, I I, I freed those rebellion soldiers and also I'm hosting um a democratic election in the next year. And she's like Hooray! And they just kiss on the street. Yeah, they they yada yada a lot.
1: <laughs> they had to end the movie, Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they did. I just thought it was funny that it was just like you know,
1: I'm it was not- an abrupt ending, but it was also very sweet, and it kind of reminded me maybe of like a little West Side Story ish with like that ending shot of the yeah. city and the street and kissing and I, stuff. Like I
0: did that. laugh that she was. She's out on it for people who haven't seen it. You should. She's out on her porch crying. And all of a sudden, a hand appears with like a bedazzled and jewel-encrusted tissue box. And she just randomly doesn't look up and just takes a tissue from whoever's standing in the street. And it turns out to be uh, Timothy Dalton's character who's come to be like, listen, I've done all the right things that you showed me the way. I love you and whatnot. But it was very much um, for all the other things in this movie that found different ways. It was very funny to, to, to me for them to just be like... We're just going to have him hand her a really fancy tissue box, tell her that all of his bad dictator ways are over, and they are now in love. And scene. Everything (laughs) that
2: they were working on to accomplish the whole movie happened off screen.
0: Correct.
1: Correct. They ran out of money. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Stop it, Brian. You can't defend everything.
1: I like this
0: movie don't hate oh it. we God. didn't say we hated it we just said it's yeah. it's inherently flawed is there so,
2: anything in this Brian that you don't like
0: Yes. oh yeah give us something
1: I mean I would say like the ending I wanted a little extra scene of them doing their thing like I mean I liked how it ended for the most part because I like the line like the first two is enough like that's like the rom-com line you know like you complete me and stuff like that no the first two
0: are enough I like that <laughs> but in case, in case any listeners don't go out and actually watch this brian is comparing you complete me arguably top three most famous rom-com lines ever to fran drescher standing on a staircase telling timothy dalton like how to not be a dictator he gets to like number three and is like actually the first two should be enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: That's her character. She's over it. She's New Jersey, New York. She was she was over it.
0: <laughs>
1: he, he freed the dude. He's doing at free elections, and he loves her. That's all she needs. She's a simple woman.
0: <laughs> the gulags hey, hey, are empty.
1: The what, Brian, what, Preston?
2: I got a serious question for you. So this movie's rated PG, and there's a sequence where Timothy Dalton's character is getting a massage, <laughs> and there's some stuff and some noises he's making. And then there's a sequence where his eyes kind of open up a little bit. Do you think that uh, she got carried away a little bit and stuck a finger in his ass?
1: <laughs> I actually do think that happened. Uh, so I think that was like the idea because what was his name? Was it Franz or I can't remember the guy's Ivan or something like that. It was It mus- It's Ivan muscular man who was timothy dalton's personal masseuse and she tells him to go away and she starts massaging him and i was like was it a fingernail that that got him or was it like in the butthole and i was like in the butthole, hole <laughs> that's what happened <laughs> and but like you don't see you just see his facial reaction and that is pg that's not pg-13 right
2: i don't know if i was watching this with a kid i'd that kid's got to be a little curious as to what's happening there, and I got to explain it. So the the the, the movies he goosed them, not- she goosed them. That's
1: all you got to say.
2: She's yeah, she's just uh, yeah, massaging oh the bud. Yeah, there you go. See,
1: PG, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Did you think about that when that part happened?
0: I I was not. Thinking about that I would ever show my children this movie. So I didn't go that far. I, I may have like, you know, been taking a drink, but I don't remember specifically. I'm going to go back now Um try to see the finger in the butt scene. That I mean, we're really selling this movie now. Finger in the butt. Yes. Finger in the butt scene.
1: Brand Dresher, finger in the butt. Um, we got to talk about the writer of this movie, Todd Graff, uh, who wrote this movie. Todd Graff. Know is one of the main actors in the movie the abyss from james cameron
0: <laughs> what yes oh my gosh this gets crazier and crazier
1: right so he played alan hippie Carnes in the abyss and then he wrote this movie wow isn't that amazing well, we have to get this guy like, on the
0: show like james cameron wouldn't shut the fuck up about like submarines and like oceans and stuff and he's just like you know what I got to write a movie about, about Fran Drescher falling in love with a dictator.
1: It's so good. <laughs> I like the screenplay. I mean, hey, I like this movie, as you cannot already tell. Uh, this movie cost $16 million and it only made $11 million at the. Oh. Uh...
0: What was it up against?
1: Um. Let's see here. I'm trying to think.
2: So February 7th, 1997. So, what was happening that weekend? I'm trying
1: to look to see what it was.
0: because she was so. There had to be something else that came out.
1: Oh, d- debuted at the same time as the Star Wars Special Edition remaster came
2: out.
0: Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was
2: seeing, Brian. I Drescher
1: did. attributed a poor box office return to the film debuting at the same time as a Star Wars special edition remaster. Well, there that is. I remember in 1997 that happening. Oh, my yeah, God. Um, Beautician and the Beast. Ball in movie to go up against Star Wars. Dude.
0: <laughs> I, George Lucas was shaking in his boots
1: yeah leave it to franz dresser and like so we picked this movie we wanted to pick a friend dresser movie this week on fear and loathing because of the actor strike and friend dresser is the head of the um sag union um and she gave an impassioned and amazing speech a couple of days ago about it um and in this movie in the middle of the movie she is leading a group of workers to unionize and strike and yeah. I almost like texted y'all at that moment. It's like, dude, real life is happening on screen. I definitely,
0: <laughs> I definitely laughed at that moment and was like, okay, now it makes sense while we're doing this movie.
1: <laughs> it's that's what, that's what it is. And I had completely forgotten about that. But when we were talking about Fran dresser, I was like, oh my God, beautician in the beast. It's amazing. Uh, so, would this be one, like, is this on Blu-ray? Like, would you own this, Preston? Like, you own every fucking movie on VHS. Would, the, would you own this one?
0: Yeah, Preston.
1: No. <laughs> what? <laughs> you own 10 copies of Rad, but you wouldn't
0: own one copy of Beautician and the Beast? Rad is, oh. a, mas- Rad is a masterpiece.
2: That's right. That's I mean,
1: right.
2: <laughs> the value of the VHS is significantly different They're going, Brad VHS's are going for like 70. Some of them are even 400 bucks if they're in their original wrapping. And then this one, uh, you'll find at the Goodwill
0: for like 15 cents or something. It'll be in the free bucket. It'll be, you just take it when you leave.
1: You wouldn't own this movie if like somebody did a collector's edition of this and had T. Dalton Franz come back. I'm sorry. I really would never own this movie. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm glad you made us watch it.
2: Yeah, I think maybe just the digital own of it. I don't know. If, I would just watch the clips of those funny parts, and it was just that one for me. That was like a really good one. Um, but no, nah, no, nah, uh, there. I mean, I gotta admit, there's there's a lot of like cheesy romance movies that I love, and I and I really gush over these things. Uh, a lot of them happen to have uh, Reese Witherspoon in it, so like I love. Um what was that? Uh Home that came out a couple of years ago. And then there was uh Just Like Heaven. So I like all those. And they're like bad, but I enjoy them. So um yeah, Brian, I think this one, I think bottom line, it's just it's a harmless movie. Um there are moments in it that are kind of question we didn't even talk about the you brought up the chicken, but there's a sequence where it's like social network style of feeding the chicken. Chicken <laughs> perhaps a chicken to the live chicken. Um, that's such
1: a great scene because the mother's like, "What else am I supposed to feed? I'm not going to make two dinners." it's yeah. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's good. It's a good movie, and I think if you rewatch it again, you'll laugh more the second time around. You'll find like the little subtle funny parts in it. I think more so, more so the second time around.
0: I love that you're just like this guy. You are this movie's best press person. If if they worked this hard back in that they they would have made fourteen million dollars at the box office instead of eleven. Yeah. Brian, so if
2: it. you if you could put your quote on top of the VHS cover, what would your quote be?
1: <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. no. Beautician and the Beast makes everything pretty in cinema. Five stars.
2: Five stars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Preston's melting right now. It's so good. And I'd give Rad two stars.
0: now we're turning into a fight let's let's be nice
1: i just do it to row preston up i love it
0: y'all have to watch oppenheimer together
1: we are we're 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 gonna sit hand in hand and i can't and i can't wait to just (laughs) knock preston down a little bit i can't wait it's gonna be good he knows he loves it (laughs) you look at him he's like god damn it (laughs) <laughs> oh it's gonna be good no I, I like i really like this movie and i'm glad y'all got to watch it too um i just i know it got shit on i don't think it's i mean it's it's got what is it the, the 16 18 on rotten tomatoes i it's crazy to me that this had that i don't know because i think this is better than a lot i mean i don't think it's better than the sci-fi romantic comedy um Oh, uh, which one is it? Oh. Well, the one with Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Notting Hill? Notting Hill. I don't think it's better than that.
0: I okay. really like that movie. Oh, uh, that's that's a good movie. That's it's a well-written great... written movie.
1: It is very well-written. It's a sci-fi <laughs> movie, but it's a... I mean, I guess technically this is a sci-fi movie too, but <laughs> more so... Um, more because it did like it tackles precedent and I's profession. Based. yeah, it tackles it's like the one movie that tackles press and I's profession <laughs> in a really funny way. We all want to write for Horse and Hound.
2: I pulled up Roger Ebert's review just because I always find these so humorous to see what he has to say, and right out of the gate, he's just, just really laying into Fran Dresser's voice said that it would help if she made a silent film. Her speaking (laughs) voice is like having earwax (laughs) removed with a small (laughs) dental drill. And yet, doggone it, there's something lovable about her. So I guess he still had some admiration for her. There
1: she is lovable. I mean, so many people think like Seinfeld has an annoying voice and Fran Dresser and so many other people. But I, I I I find comfort in Fran Dresser's voice and I find comfort in Seinfeld's voice. And maybe that's like the New York Jew in me. I don't know because I have a lot of family that are New York Jews. So I just, is nostalgic for me and I get it. But I like Fran Dresser. I like Fran
2: Dresser. She's
0: awesome. I, lo- I love Fran Dresser.
2: <laughs> like you're getting, uh... drunk,
0: getting drunk off loving her. <laughs> I do.
2: He, he really nails uh, my feeling on the comedy. So he said, The Beautician and the Beast made me laugh, but each laugh was an island entire onto itself. They didn't tie together into anything very interesting. Dresser never really seems to be interacting with the other characters like Mae West or... Uh, she she eyeballs the stiffs while they're talking, and then delivers her zingers. We don't care about her character because we never feel she's really uncertain, insecure, or vulnerable. Here's a woman who will never grow hands in her stomach. What?
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it started off okay, and then I'm like, what?
0: That's that that person needs to be put in a home. That's Ebert.
2: That's Ebert, man.
0: That was Ebert? Yeah, Yeah, that was
2: Ebert's quote. That was his last line of his review.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. But he loved
1: everything J-Lo did. Yeah. Did he like Jack?
0: Because it has friend dresser in it. He just didn't like friend dresser, I guess. I don't
1: Something about Beautician to be so good. And I think Timothy Dalton, because Timothy Dalton before this movie kind of only did serious movies. And his comedic chops were really great here. I really liked it.
2: Yeah. So I don't For, know. He did not like Jack. He gave it a half star less. So one and a half stars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Crazy. Um, So Beautician the Beast, in all, do you recommend it? Would you recommend it to somebody?
2: I think oh. if he had no other options.
0: That's it. <laughs> Dan? There's so many other movies you can watch <laughs> instead of this one. I know, I know Brian, you're gonna recommend it, but um I don't know, man. I like I said, I can't tell anyone to go out and spend their money on this. I really can't.
1: I say spend your four dollars and rent beautician and the beast. It's very like culturally significant right now with the strikes going on and Ukraine and Russia type of thing. Like all you need is Fran dresser, you know, she, she sets the mood, right. And she has a good time. And Timothy Dalton is a delight here.
2: You can just watch Norma Ray for the (laughs) year.
1: Oh my goodness. And then uh, lastly, we have to talk about Lisa Jacob. You know, we see her in independence day. We see her in, um, uh, Miss Doubtfire, and now she's got like this Russian like, Eastern European Doubtfire
0: accent.
1: Doubtfire at the movie. Yep, yeah, it's very strange. She's in here, and in the in the girl from the uh, the the Bumblebee girl from the music video. Always good. Um, I love. Yeah,
0: Heather Deloach. A, yeah, that's a selling point for people. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. If you want to see the Bumblebee girl,
0: you want to see the Bumblebee girl. Sure, yeah, that sounds fun.
1: Heather Deloach. Yeah, she's like unrecognizable. Because she's not in her Bumblebee costume. But I like her in this movie. So it's a good film. What are you talking about? Preston, you didn't get sentimental in being a dad when the little boy looked up to Fran Dresser and told her, like, I don't remember my mom, but I hope she was like you?
2: It's a sweet moment. There are moments in here, Brian. But they're just not consistent. They'd be followed up with, something that just doesn't doesn't work it, it's just a bunch of good moments with a lot of filler that was not interesting enough to stick the landing with some of those great moments so um yeah I I think in all I I, I think it's just if you're listening to this and you're yeah,
0: so turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you,
1: that, that that moment with the child saying that to Fran Dresser was more emotional than all of boyhood.
2: Oh, fuck you, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I knew I'd get him. Got him. That was so even, good. <laughs> I don't even really like boyhood, but you are a psychopath today. But I don't know how much they're paying you to be a shill for this movie but like what are we doing here <laughs> oh this is gonna is be so good for a promo reel. What, yeah if you're related to her let us know ahead of time and we'll be much nicer dude ah oh,
1: this is gonna be so so good for a promo reel <laughs> oh it's gonna be good oh i'm so happy yeah so this movie is available everywhere to rent and buy um I don't know if it's been released on Blu-ray. It might still be DVD style. Beautician <laughs> Do and the Beast. I'm buying you Fran Dresser outfits, by the way, t-shirts from this movie. Beautician and the Beast. We can all wear them at Fantastic Fest. <laughs> uh, it'll be good. Oh, I'm so happy I got Preston right there. Oh, that was so good.
2: <laughs> so any more. It is on Blu-ray. It, came it is on Blu-ray. Out. It came out last year. What?
0: Black. How did I miss this? Some fan you are, poser. <laughs>
2: and the only extra on it is a commentary by, by Fran Dresser. Dresser.
0: Yeah. Oh wait, she does the commentary. See, I would, I would have rather watched that than the movie. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll watch it. So I would watch that again. I would so watch it again. We need to watch it again with the commentary.
0: Okay, you
1: got us. That's all I'm asking for. You're gonna watch it again. Thank you you might have a more love and appreciation for it.
2: Hey, some of those commentaries on movies that are just like okay and not good, they can really make the movie.
1: Uh, agreed. Agreed. So, there you go. Maybe maybe you'll have a change of heart. We'll revisit it in a in a little while and we'll see we'll we'll come back to it. So, I recommend this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but most silent, like God damn it, just end the show right now.
0: <laughs> wow. we're, hey, we're letting you cook, dude. Letting you, cook. Yeah. We're letting you, we're letting you make a tuna sandwich. You keep going.
1: The tuna is good. Landlocked country, is it fresh?
0: That's a good line. <laughs> oh
1: goodness! All right, fear and loathing in cinema podcast. We are here. Thank you for listening check out Dan Moran online he's running that fear and loathing Instagram account if you see him in Austin tell him how the Barbie movie is tell him how the Oppenheimer movie is he wants to know
0: I'm hoping to see him myself sir That's see kind you of weird. dead left <laughs>
1: oh he's good stuff and then preston Varta, the man the myth the legend the the rad the rad man um, the boyhood dude the boyhood dude. <laughs> boyhood
0: dude
1: oh so good he's at freshfiction.tv the denton record chronicle you can see all of his interviews and um while his- while they're there Yeah, well, well, they'll be there.
2: I mean, yeah, but not a lot of new ones coming. Not a lot of
1: new ones. It'll just be directors, basically, or costume designers, basically, from here on out for the foreseeable future. But check out this. Are you
2: going to be interviewing people and be like, so today we're sitting down with the costume designer of so-and-so because there was nobody else that we could talk to. Um, So thanks for joining the show.
1: That's all. I have an interview after this podcast, and I might say that. It's like, since the actors are not available, I'm here with...
2: <laughs> we're with the 14th best.
1: <laughs> the
2: the, the, the We're
1: awful. with the second grip of this movie. <laughs> <Yeah. It's, laughs> uh, It'll be good. Fetcher here. But Preston just did an amazing interview with the real-life subject of my favorite documentary of the year so far, The Deepest Breath, Uh, coming out on netflix it's
0: amazing i i saw part of that it was pretty it was pretty awesome and he also feel like we have we're promoting the good things that preston has done instead of watching beautician and the beast again um (laughs) his his interview with uh the foundation people has been awesome i haven't watched that show but now i've watched your interviews with them and i'm like okay now i think i'm gonna go watch that show so it was awesome good
1: show man yeah, there you go. Yeah. what? Find him. He's Blu-ray Dad on Instagram. He's Preston Barta on Twitter and TikTok. Check him out and check out our other podcast, My Bloody Podcast. We just did a Talk to Me one. Uh, We talked about Deadstream. It's good stuff. And I'm um, Brian Kluger. Find me at highdefdigest.com. You'll see my 4K Sisu review that's brand new and your and then you will see my uh, book club too book club the next chapter review on there as well
2: so that's speed brian
1: yes brian kluger find me online everywhere uh thank you for listening we'll be back soon next week